On the show today, now with 16% less Christmas bonuses, the island of terrible outcomes, and Robin Hood's got a brand new bag in 3, 2, 1... Alex, are you feeling a chill come over the air? Uh, yeah. It is now officially autumn, and I have officially broken out the hoodies again. Perfect. Not that I ever stopped wearing them, but you know. But, you know, now you have more of an excuse than you did before. Now I'm... My excuse is better than I work in a literal cooler. Exactly. Now we all work in a cooler. We're going to. Yes. It's just the cooler kind of year. That's true. Time of year. Whatever. Anyways. Anyway, it's also that time of day where we welcome you to Total Pebble Knockdown. I am Nathan. And I am Alex, and this is our show. Yeah, that's what it's called. That's what the, yep. that's what the tagline's gonna be. Total Pebble <laughs> Knockdown. This is our show. <laughs> that's just <laughs> so much better than anything else we could come up with. Let's just do that. It's going to actually say this is your show, but it's going to be a small Y and a capitalized hour. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway. This is your show? No, this is our show. Anyway, so so I guess let's just get on to your show. <laughs> One little bit of news, and no, it is not actually about Unity. We're going to leave that to the uh, experts. Fires? Yes, to the fires, yes. Leave it to, leave the, it to the fires of hell. Leave it to the dumpster fire of, of hell. Perfect. Uh, there's actually a um, story that came out very recently, and it's about Epic Games. Uh, so, Epic Games has reportedly laid off... 830 jobs, 16% of their total workforce. That's not insignificant. No, it is definitely not. Um, I am uh, looking specifically at the Eurogamer article right now, but believe me, this was uh, done by every outlet known to mankind. I went on to look for news on, on one day, and every headline across every single platform was about this. Uh, and I have looked at some other articles that took a different angle, but I think that this is kind of useful. Um, the uh, article is basically that they have confirmed reports of widespread layoffs at the company, uh, saying the move will affect around 830 employees. Approximately two-thirds of those job cuts said to be in teams outside of core development. So they're focusing on their core, which is the Epic Games engine? Uh, I'm guessing in actual like software development or yeah, in technological development. Um, probably not the Fortnite crew. I'm going to guess that's not where the cuts They're are not going. the core? I don't think oh, so. Yeah, I feel like they d- definitely would keep the Fortnite crew on. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a no-brainer. They make so. billions off of that game. Billions. But at any rate... Uh, they, uh, Eurogamer also says around uh, 250 employees will leave the company as a result of Epic's newly announced divestiture of Bandcamp and Super Awesome. So they own Bandcamp, apparently, or at least they're in inve- they were invested in it, but they huh. are now divesting from it. 
Uh, what's the other one? Uh, super awesome. Don't even know what that is. Yeah, and you know what? Don't need to get into it now. Um, for for a while now, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney wrote in an all-staff email now. We'll come back to Tim in a minute. Uh, we've been spending way more money than we earn investing in the next evolution of Epic and growing Fortnite as a metaverse-inspired ecosystem uh, for creators. No. Absolutely not. I had long been optimistic that we could power through this transition without layoffs, but in retrospect, I see that it was unrealistic. While Fort Yeah, well, you know, yeah. you know who else has walked back their metaverse dreams? Yeah. Everyone. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, Especially every Facebook. Yeah. Who Start literally meta. changed their name to Meta. Sweeney continues, while Fortnite is starting to grow again, Again? My god. The growth is driven primarily by creator content with significant revenue sharing, and this is a lower margin business than we had when Fortnite Battle Royale took off and began funding our expansion. Success with the creator ecosystem is a great achievement, but it means a major structural change to our economics. Um, so, so yeah. It's growing because of influencers playing it? Apparently. Well, I mean, so, that kind of like, makes your... sense. So, like, you know, Ninja I, yeah, and all I of guess, that but... came in, but... So it's just your streamers and stuff, and your content creators who are just playing Fortnite because it's Fortnite. So, so when the streamers Probably. decide they get bored and they don't get the, as many views from it, so that Fortnite will just die. Yeah, I mean, they'll pr Epic will probably make their bag by then. I mean, like, they are they should be fine. But, you know. Yeah. I think it's also their brand deals. Every week you'll see that Fortnite is doing something special with, like, Star Wars or, you know, what, whatever it be. Sweeney added uh, that the company has been making ongoing efforts to reduce costs globally, including moving to net zero hiring and cutting operating spend uh, spent on things like marketing and events but it remains far short of financial sustainability, and Sweeney insists that doing layoffs now and on the scale will stabilize our finances. Keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> now, now, to be fair and balanced -er, uh, I will say that the affected workers are apparently going to be receiving six months of base pay as part of their severance package, along with the epic paid healthcare uh, in United States, Canada, and Brazil. So, at least there's that. Uh, and they are also offering to accelerate people's stock option vesting schedule through the end of 2024, and giving two additional years from today to exercise the options. Uh, you know, 401ks, all of that good stuff. So, they're not exactly... Really good stuff. Yeah, they're, they're not exactly out on the street. They will have some financial stability for a little bit while they look for other work. They mention toward the end that in light of today's job cuts epic says it will prioritize work on the next fortnite season and fortnite chapter 5 as well as delmar sparks and juno now if you're wondering which i assume are just project names yes delmar and juno rumored to be code names for a fortnite car racing mode nobody's gonna <clears throat> okay and fortnite lego collaboration respectively so oh, I hope Fortnite just crashes and burns. <laughs> that's I mean, what the car racing mode will let you do. I, yeah. <laughs> Can I build ramps on the fly? That would be... Okay, that I, might actually be good. 
That might be because I mean, you give me a, a Fortnite car racing mode where I can build while you're like, racing. While I'm racing, yeah. And, okay. You know, that's good. To you know, I'm, uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. But I mean, I don't ideal, know. No, but no. It would have to be like a slower car racing game. It couldn't be like Need for Speed or or, or yeah. Burnout or something because I, I I can't build while I'm racing that fast. It's just not gonna. Two parts of my brain. Like, the engineering part of my brain and the focusing, uh, you know, hand-eye coordination part of my brain, trying to work at the same time. Not You just crash into the, the wall you just put up. Financial stabilization seems to be the reason why they're doing this and, and laying off nearly 900 people. So I did some quick maths. Uh, That's the best math. Okay, how much is Epic Games actually worth? <laughs> um... And so, gross revenue generated by Epic Games worldwide. Last year, about $6 billion is what they generated for the company. Okay. okay. So, that's, is that, that's generated, not profit, generated, right? That's generated. That's gross okay. revenue. So, there is that. But now that is... I want to preface this yes. right here with, we are not economists. We are not accountants. We are not. So I don't know exactly how much overhead they have. But this is a question that I do find to be very interesting. That they had approximately $6.27 billion in gross revenue, which was up from $5.1 billion in 2020. So that's not bad. That seems pretty good. Um, but I also want to mention Tim Sweeney who is, I think, the second biggest actual investor in the company after, like, Tencent, uh, has, according to Forbes, who who do do a lot of business, uh, yeah. has, has real-time net worth of $4.1 billion. Oh. So, there's that. Now, here's, here's the reason why I thought the quick maths was interesting. I pulled up a calculator, okay? And and as, when, as one does. As one does. Okay. And I tried to figure out, okay, let's just take a, a number that I think would be a perfectly good number if they were paying their employees well of like a hundred thousand a year. Okay. That would be a good number to take. That's a really good number. That's probably yes. more generous than the actual number. Well, to be honest with you, Alex, I think that you are right. I am probably a little bit over that because when I looked up average salaries of Epic employees, it's around 74,000 a year yeah. on average. Yeah. But, but you know what? I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're maybe it's more higher you know, paid employees that they're... Let's let's say you're counting in their benefits. Right, exactly. And let's just... So we're just... I'm, I figure nice round number, 100 grand. Let's put that out there. So if I do my salaries if, with my little calculator, the number of employees that they lay off accounts for $83 million. Okay, for so revenue. that's still a... So that's an order of magnitude less than a billion dollars. Correct, and since the company's making that much, you know, off of Fortnite, uh, <laughs> when I figure that Fortnite is uh, accounts for a couple billion, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll even be generous. Maybe it's only a billion dollars. Even if it's making that in profit, that staffs a lot of people. Uh, yeah. for, for that. Um, now it's sixteen percent. In fact, a hundred times the amount that they fired. 
there you go. So, interestingly enough, though, just in case anyone cares, uh, since that is 16% of the staff, what they would pay for the entire staff, if we're going by that number, is uh, about 500 million, like 518 so, million for the so whole half a staffing. Billion. Like half okay. half a billion for all staffing, if we account for okay. even the people that have been fired now. And again, the company has gross revenue of about six billion. Now, now we've worked for companies before, and I know that there is overhead to consider, and there's inherent costs, and there's marketing, and all of that, which it sounds like they are also reducing. But again, I really want to make this clear: Tim Sweeney is worth $4.1 billion by himself. So, I don't know. It's funny when he says, we need to make the company financially solvent. (laughs) It's like, well, you're financially solvent, Tim, so I guess there's that. (laughs) The company seems fine. It's always interesting to me. Yeah. When they go, yeah, we, we need to reduce our workforce to make more money. And it's like, could you could you just, hey, you make how much money? Could you just maybe take a pay cut? Maybe just a little bit, like a 1% or 2%, dude. Like 83 million would, <laughs> would get you there. So we didn't have to lay a, uh In that Forbes article, though, where they have his profile, though, couple interesting bullet points. Uh, Epic raised $2 billion in April 22 from the Lego family office and Sony in a funding round that valued the company at $31.5 billion. Oh. So that's how much the company is worth. That's how much the company is worth. So if, if Microsoft wanted to buy Epic, right. they would have to be like, here's $40 billion. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, also, okay. also important to note is that Epic Games is also the creator of the Unreal Engine, which, great engine, most people would tell you, one of the most used game development co- toolkits for other studios. And I, yeah. w- I would say, since this does kind of loop back on Unity a little bit, I have a feeling that y- the Unreal Engine is going to be more profitable now. <laughs> And it was probably than it was before, uh, since people are probably going to be switching over to it, and uh, and hopefully just a few hit games might actually end up giving them more revenue. Um, I imagine though that the people that are getting laid off are probably not in the Unreal Engine dev team. Oh, probably not. That would make um, bad business sense to do they also do mention fortnite in this profile one of the world's most popular games with over 400 million players now it's a free game if you want (laughs) to if you want to be fair we've talked about roblox before yes yeah exactly um that's a that's a hellscape in itself but 400 400 million players and look i understand it's a free game there are players that that will spend not one dime on that game but if just one percent of them buy a battle pass on a regular basis, that's a lot of recurring <laughs> revenue right there. Uh, so just something to consider. I, I'm as we said, we're not economists. I'm not an economist. I don't know the like. I have not seen their books. But what I am seeing from my outsider perspective is that it seems like there's a lot of wealth there both in the company valuation and in the CEOs that are running the place. 
And if we're looking at how much it would cost them per year to actually have that staffing, it seems minute by comparison to what yeah, they're earning. Um, I, I just, like, did we really think for a company that is apparently $31.5 billion uh, for valuation is going to be made or broken by $83 million, give or take? It's who knows? Maybe they're all part of the marketing team that they're trying to skimp down on the marketing for. It, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, maybe. I mean, that does seem to be like when they did Crystal Dynamics, the marketing team was what they were laying off when we were talking about that last week for Embracer Group. Uh, this is obviously like a lot larger, but hot take here. I feel like a marketing team, as important as marketing is, yes. Uh, it's probably easier for a game company and studio and stuff like that to lay off in this day and age than previously because it feel like it's a lot easier to go, hey, we're going to have a couple people that are working on the marketing, but then we're just going to get this in the hands of streamers. Yeah, yeah. And the streamers, you don't have to independently pay. The streamers make money off of their streams. You know, Ninja is not an employee of Epic last time I checked. Maybe that's changed. I know that they have. I have a, no idea. I know that they have a working relationship of sorts because he, he's played it so much. But you're probably right. Like, uh, like in in this day and age, streamers do a really good job of promoting games, whether game companies understand it or not, by actually yeah. engaging with people. And realistically, if it's a social media engagement thing, your social media team probably doesn't need to be as large as a traditional marketing team either. Yeah. But, oh, I was going to say, too, if it's new and upcoming game, you don't always have to pay people either. They're looking for games to stream. Yeah. And yes, if you're if you're doing a sponsored thing, pay your people. And if you want them to do it, you should you should give them incentive to do it and pay oh, them, certainly. obviously, as well. Oh, but there are definitely streamers out there who will go, oh, I got a free key to the game. I'm going to play it. Sure. Yeah. And, and realistically, just from a, a marketing standpoint, you're probably going to get far better engagement if you... Uh, talk to those streamers and then say, here's 10 free keys to the game that you can give away during a stream because that costs you, what, 10, 10 keys at a full price game, $600, $700 or something, but you have thousands of people potentially that are going to be tuning in to talk about it. So not really that bad a deal. Or even go, hey, here's $10,000, stream my game uh, for like three yeah. days. Th that's true. And that's like true. I don't know how much streamers get paid to do stuff, obviously. So, but no. it's like, yeah, I feel like ten thousand uh, dollars as a example case. Again, yeah. I do not know how much people get paid for it, and I don't really care. So, right. Um, but it's like that is far cheaper than paying your eighty-three million dollars. You know, for example, uh, for right. a marketing team. Right. Right. And and yeah, that's a changing landscape issue. I'm sure uh, of of things that traditional media did in one way once upon a time another example of that too briefly is just that ea or ea yeah that e3 isn't really as much of a thing anymore the traditional booths and the trade shows that we had before are now becoming digital showcases that they can do in-house and that uh, that makes more financial sense than setting mm -hmm. up a booth and and paying for it um I mean, the landscape's changing. I just feel like maybe it didn't need to change with the removal of, like, 16% of your workforce. Yeah. It didn't. It doesn't <laughs> seem like Epic is failing anytime soon. It feels like feels like they're doing 
fine. And uh, I thought you were going to say, feels like they're doing epic. According to the Statista estimates, though, they are projected to make. 6.5 billion this year and in 24 looking at over 7 billion in revenue projected oh so okay. you know that i don't know pocket again money. again not an economist but seems like a drop in the bucket for the for the cost of the yeah. of the staff if anyone is an economist out there or is in epic and knows more about the like behind the scenes stuff that they can share please Please enlighten me. I'd be fascinated to know where, yeah. where like, the billions of revenue have to go. And, like, do you have an electric bill that high? I don't know. I freaking yeah. don't know. So, so if, if you're a member of the audience that works for Epic, or a member of the audience that, you know, watch, is an economist or financial person who actually <laughs> knows anything about this with our, with our definite reach of those people. Oh, yeah. You know, well, drop, drop a comment. You know, Drop tell a us comment. we're stupid and they they spend four point two billion dollars on their CEO and the other two billion dollars are to cover the costs of everything. Who knows? Else. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I'll I'll grant you that's his overall wealth now, and he probably didn't make that in one year. But if you have four point something billion dollars, even even if you were making a hundred million dollars a year, it's forty years before you get to four billion. So yeah. And and I think Tim Sweeney is how old? Uh, Tim Sweeney's fifty-two. So so on average, the time that he spent at Epic, he's been making more than a hundred million a year on average. So anyway, anyway. Uh, thanks <laughs> thanks for joining us for our TED talk. <laughs> yeah. I got an adventure, a seed for you that I want to throw by you. An adventure oh, hook. throw the seeds right in the air. Yes, exactly. And uh, there's actually a reason why I say seed, because uh, this is actually based on my time playing a game called Starfield. Uh, I don't Ooh. know if you've heard of it, but it's a, nope. it's a space game. And I have finally learned how to add parts to ships, so that's fun. And at any Good rate, job. 40 hours later. 40 hours later. Well, I'm, I'm much further in now. Uh, and there was a, a side mission that I started that I, I thought was really, really interesting. It's one of the most interesting side missions that I had. And I inspired this particular adventure hook that I wanted to explore with you today. Um, and if for anyone who is listening who knows what I'm talking about, I would be referring to Operation Starseed. In that vein, I have come up with what I am calling the Island of Legends. So nothing similar to name, it's fine. Nothing at all. No. No. Isle of Legend, or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, okay, so here's how this mission basically works. Your heroes are uh, told by a distress call that there are people that are stranded on a desert island. And you must go to find them. Yes. Is it a desert island or a deserted island, or is it uh, just an island and they assume it's a desert? Let's just say it's an island people have not heard of before. Okay, so it is an unknown island. I don't it's... know why we call them desert islands if they're not desert Or deserted islands, uh, because we assume mm. that no one's living on them, I guess. Yeah, well, deserted means that there was people living there before that left. Oh, well, prime real estate Oh, you know. 
Exactly. Anyway. Comes with a town already pre-made. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at any rate, let's just say it's a it's an island, but it's not an island that's been charted at all. We, okay, we, we've uncharted. never seen it. An uncharted island. There we go. Okay, good clarification. So, your heroes have been told about an uncharted island that doesn't appear on any maps. Uh, once going there to respond to a distress signal, you find the island is indeed inhabited. Uh, but intriguingly enough, this island is not just inhabited by anyone. It's inhabited by heroes and villains, legends of the world that you're in. Famous characters you've read about in books. That like you thought, ancient legends? Yeah. That you okay. thought were long dead. Historical characters, kings, queens, knights, the and whole deal. Anyone in, so important people to history. Important people or to mythology. history. Uh, history. <clears throat> specifically history. Okay. Not okay. not as much mythology, but definitely okay. from history. Okay. Okay. They explain to you that they are stranded on this island. They can't leave the confines of it. Uh, the system, whether you want it to be, you know, scientific or magical in nature, depending on your setting, uh, will not let them leave this island. And they want you to figure out how to disable it so that they can get off of the island. Mm. So I'm already getting vibes of Futurama from mm. that one with the sentient cloud that really loved Star Trek. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If I you've seen that one. Yes. So yes. it's like, oh, I got the crew of the, the original crew of Star Trek. I gave them their bodies back, but I'm forcing them to reenact episodes of the show for all eternity. And now they want it. They just want to leave. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. A uh, little bit like that. Okay. A, a little bit like that. But I think the impetus of why they're not able to leave is, is much different. Okay. Um. So with Sentient Cloud, it was because the Sentient Cloud's a big fan of Star Trek and wants to just He's a big keep super them. nerd. Yeah, exactly. Just kept them all there and was a super nerd. Uh, in this particular case, the island is keeping them there uh, more or less because uh, they're there for almost historical record, like the greatest the greatest figureheads to to keep them there but not interested in having them interact or go out in the world itself, having been long so, past their time. Yeah, so they've done the thing they were known for, right? and this is like just record-keeping. Ah, yes, but it keeps them alive? It keeps them alive. It keeps them alive. It just doesn't... So, like, what's, the, what's it like on the island? Like a village, a town, a city? I, I would say it's more of a colony. And they procreate... Can they procreate? Ooh, that's the question I have because um, it, historical figures are still, you know. In this case, we're gonna say they're all human. You know, Bouncy. maybe well, there's well. babies yeah. and historical figures from different ages going on. That's in this case, I would say it probably does something that doesn't let them puts them in like bio stasis. Essentially, you're alive, but your body doesn't age and your functions mm. don't work well, uh, quite as well. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, just to kind of give you a little bit of the story from, from Operation Starseed, is it's basically that the genetic records are kept so that they can essentially clone uh, figures from the past that they uh, have as a historical great. record. And, and, great. and that if you were to die, if they were to die at some point, they could be remade uh, by the system continuously. 
but but there is of course one big problem that you're having now and that is do you actually want them to go out into the world because you you might have some of the best thinkers and best leaders that you've ever had but this also includes some of the most vicious warlords and in some cases possibly people that were famous for mass murders and so you might not want them out there <laughs> you might you might want to avoid having them go out and about amongst the rest of your world so my question is uh, after centuries of being on this island if those villains haven't chilled the fuck out um that's a good every question every time Can genghis khan yeah every time genghis khan kills george washington he just gets respawned isn't he bored of it you know what's really funny one of the characters in operation starseed is genghis khan that's hilarious. <laughs> Great job, me. Yeah, good job thinking about that. However, however, I don't know if George Washington is part of the thing, but FDR is. So. Oh, good. Oh, good. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe Genghis Khan and FDR get into fights. I it's like I. It's like Hitler. You really chilled out over the last four hundred years. <laughs> still not letting him go. Still, still not, no, still still, not, still letting, still him not go. letting him go. I don't care. Yeah. Not happening. Not yeah. happening. I don't. It's I don't like, care what? if he finally got recognized for his art. Not happening, dude. Yeah. It's like, oh, this person's really a painter. Who is it? Oh, that's Hitler. Oh what? no, 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 no. Yeah, he got over the whole, you know, Genocide. World War II thing. <laughs> Three hundred years ago. Okay. He's chilled out. Yeah. He's just an old man that paints now. Oh great. Yeah. No. Great. No. Can we still kill him? No. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. Every time we kill him, he just starts out angry again. <laughs> Okay, but he can't leave. He has to stay here. <laughs> he yeah. has to stay here. Uh, but, you know... Good thing it, we're not monetized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I know. I'm sorry. Hot take. Hitler was bad. Uh, anyway, hot take these days. Anyway, uh, so thought process, though, is that there are still some really great thought leaders and philosophers on this island, and maybe they would have a lot to share with modern culture. Maybe they would have a lot of insight to give, but they can't do it from this island. You'd have to let everybody go, or you would have to make sure everybody stayed. So, Oh, everyone stays. Perfect. You're, you're, you're already, your mind is already yeah. made up. Yeah, yep. exactly. Better, better that we not know than risk it. Yep. Perfect. It's like, you guys were great in your time, but now it's our time, and we don't know how you're going to interact with our world now. Right. I also do think that it, there there is one little hitch in this whole process, which is that you, the party, are free to leave and you know come and go as you see fit. So if you're able to come and go as you see fit, you could theoretically take writings or you know yeah. literature or records from those folks and bring them to the archives, bring them to historians so that they could reference that. Or, if we now know where you are, historians and record keepers could come to you. It would be like a, it would be like a Star Tours, but in really a modern... Museum. Yeah, exactly. It's a living museum. You know what it ends up being? Remember in um, Assassin's Creed, the more modern ones, they would do the version that was Discovery Tour mode? 
and you could yeah. just go around the you know the landscape in ancient Egypt or Greece or whatever, and and you get to like look around and they talk about like the historical records and the documentation that they did and how they recreated. Yeah, I didn't play that mode. You didn't play that mode. I, I like went. That what mode. is this? And then I went. Oh, this is. Ugh. It's learning. It's too much like yeah. learning. I liked it though. I thought it was personally. I thought like, man, this is actually kind of useful for schools. Like this, like this, sure. this would actually be a useful thing for school. Sure, <laughs> not the topics I care about, however. Right, I understand. You don't <laughs> care how the ancient Egyptians made pottery and I dyes. The same way we, I assume the same way we make up pottery and dyes, just less industrialized. Well, okay, you took the magic out of it for me, but okay, yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, thanks for that. You're welcome. Anyway, so how do you, like, does your party just go in with the mindset that they're just going to, like, take the records down and, and like, transfer them out? But, oh, I'm realizing there's a problem here. If everybody knows now where the island is, couldn't somebody else come now and deactivate the system? Because everybody else knows. So you'd have to keep it quiet. Otherwise, yeah. somebody else comes. And you'd have to de delete all record of no, having no. the... No. No, the party becomes enterprising, builds a port. Oh. Puts chain link fence up around the island. <laughs> Charges admittance. Yeah. It's yeah. now a living museum. You are not allowed to take anything from the island. You are searched on your way out. Oh, fun. Ooh, there you go. You have Profit. You have a portal that takes you from one end to another. So so no one knows how to get there otherwise. So <laughs> it's it's the modern day thing of like we're going to blindfold you, we're not telling you where you're <laughs> There's a secret location. It's that. Yep, it's that. Okay. Anyways, that's a good I mean that's a good resolution. Um, I am kind of curious, though, that in, you know, your preferred setting, what kind of characters would you want to see there? If you want to do something that's like a medieval setting, like if we were doing... Probably fantasy. Fantasy? Like a, like a D&D &D setting, yeah. Yeah, so if we were doing D&D, &D, I guess you'd have, like, what, dressed on, on there, and maybe Minsk or... No, that's, that's specifically to Forgotten Realms D&D. That's specifically to Forgotten Realms. Mm. Oh, no. Ooh! That wouldn't... Well, that that does make me think, though, it would be fun if you were doing it in a and d if you're playing in Forgotten Realms, that you have characters that are not specifically from Forgotten Realms that are the characters that are that are in that. Yeah, see, because if you did just specific characters in the Forgotten Realms, for instance, and they were just important big characters, it would just be anyone that's had a book written about them. Perfect. And it's like, oh, okay, but now everyone's... Like, whose perspective is this from for the importance of the character? Like, what right. if there's an important goblin chief to the goblins? Right. You know, they might not be important to the elves, but they're important to the goblins, so would they be on the island? Right, well, it would have to deal with the people that made the island, right? Like, the people that created the machines that keep them there, that put them there, would be the ones that determine how important... The characters are sentient the cloud made him. The sentient cloud, yeah, the sentient cloud. Yeah. Perfect. And he's just a big nerd. Yeah. Yeah, and he kept everybody there. That's he a... just makes everyone play D and D on the island. Meta. Oh my god. That's We're terrible. wrapping it back around to the metaverse experience. Perfect. 
I think that that is the question, though, that your party might want to ask is like, well, who made this and why did they prioritize these characters to be on the island in the first place? Why is it only humans on the island? Oh, because humans only live 40 years in this setting? Oh, that makes sense, actually. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, back to your question, yes. Can they procreate? Also, can they die? <laughs> can they die? Uh, can they get reincarnated? These are all important questions to understand before you can make a determination on what your characters yeah. are going to do. So Burn down the island. Burn it down. Just And then the system reboots it. Uh, is yeah. that worth 2.0? And then, and then they create everybody over again. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, perfect, terrific. That can't go wrong at all. It's a, it's the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide thing, where they build Earth two. Yep. And the other Hitchhiker's Guide thing, where you meet the man who runs the universe. Wasn't it kind of a uh, man behind the curtain sort of deal? Kind of. Um, yeah, he didn't know he was making decisions. Oh, right. He was just kind of aimless and, and kind of aloof. His cat was great because his cat was named the Lord. Oh. <laughs> and I've I've since said if I get a cat that I get to name, it's going to be named the Lord. Because the interaction went to about like this. The person was like, yeah, sometimes the Lord gets hungry and they're like, the Lord? Yeah. And it's like, so you do believe in something? No. It's like, yeah, of course. It's my cat. Yeah. It's I, like it's like making it out to be like, oh, you believe in a higher power? It's like, no, sometimes the Lord just gets hungry, so I give him little bits of food and he purrs. What? Perfect. Ooh. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if the man who runs the universe actually made this island and it was just an island of cats? Perfect. That would be great. That would be... Yeah, can... We just created a video game that will sell a billion copies. Great. An island of cats. Perfect. I feel like that exists, but that's fine. Well, it's gonna exist again. Would you send your adventurers out on this quest? Sure, I've sent my adventurers onto worse quests. That's true. I uh, I've sent them onto I've sent them to islands that exist outside of time. Perfect. I mean, this kind of could exist outside of time if you wanted it to frame that way. So sure, it's a little different than the one I have, but that's besides the point. Sure. Okay. Well, then that's good. Um, I am. Uh, I guess I'm a little curious as to if anyone out there uh, would want to try and use something like this, or if you have any modifications you'd like to use uh, for the Island of Legends, uh, which we have now determined is not a deserted island, but is a uh, an uncharted island. Very big I've distinction. Got <laughs> I've got an even better idea. It's not an Island of Legends. It's an Island of Ancestors. Oh! And whoever visits, they just see their lineage on the island at that point in time. Oh. It, like, it, like, generates your yeah. your ancestors as you enter? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so the trick here that is that sucks. you can't kill anyone. Oh. Because you kill one of them, and it... And then you kills die. Kills the rest of your line. Yeah, everybody down the line just fucking dies. Oh. This is gonna be trickier than I thought it's like it's like you're actually an asshole great 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 grandma yeah well that serves to reason i don't want to interact with my family anyway but this sounds like a terrible idea the whole family tree in one convenient place it's like ooh, which one of you was first me you can't get me now 
And you <laughs> can't be mad at me because you don't exist. <laughs> what happens when I leave the island? You all cease to be. <laughs> you all disappear. I get the last laugh. Anyway. And then suddenly you're you're just someone that exists and has no family record anymore. <laughs> we bootstrapped ourselves out of existence. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Nice. Alright, well, let us know if you think that's a good idea. Uh, anyway. So, Alex, uh, occasionally we get comments on our YouTube videos, and, uh, yeah. you know. They're usually pretty decent comments. Yeah. For the most part. But it's YouTube, so it's to be expected. I'm always interested when we get a comment on an old video that I haven't thought about in a really long time. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know what? Recently, we actually had a comment that came in that I thought was uh, very interesting. So interesting, in fact, that I wanted to look into it further. It was on our coffee lock problem. Now, I don't know if you remember exactly what the coffee lock problem was, but it was... I, I do, because um, someone at work brought it up because they had shared something about the coffee lock with another friend. Sure. And I asked, oh, did you share our video? And they said, well, no, but that's because you didn't actually, like, go into detail of what a coffee lock is. I was like, did we not? <laughs> I thought we did. I thought we did. Sure. Uh, I thought, but okay. Uh, but at any rate, <laughs> brief. Briefly, it's just it's a way to make sure that your warlock basically has a, as many spells as they want. <laughs> Without sleeping, right? Without sleeping, yeah. Somebody recently commented, uh, which I thought was very interesting, a coffee lock is, to me at least, a lot like a bag of holding arrow. If you have a player that can make it, go for it. But that spawns a question, doesn't it? What's a bag of holding arrow? Right? <laughs> and so... I, I did a little bit of looking around to try and figure out what this might refer to. The general idea here is apparently what would happen if you took a bag of holding and you put it onto an arrow and then you shot the arrow and you, you made a contraption so that it would then open the bag after it had been shot. So like you shoot... Yeah. Are you shooting from inside the bag or shooting into the bag? You're sh the arrow has a tip and the tip is the bag of holding. There's a bag of holding on like the end of the arrow. Oh, okay. So what you're doing is you're shooting it with the bag open. Okay. Okay. I got you. Yeah. And so you're making they a net launcher. You're you're making a net launcher. Okay, so I have the bag of holding open here on D&D &D Beyond. It's a wondrous item, it's uncommon, has an interior space that's larger than its outside dimensions. Roughly two feet in diameter, at the mouth, and four feet deep. And that's the bag itself, or is that the inside dimension? That is the... I'm gonna say that's the inside dimension. Oh, wait. Because that would be a very large bag. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking. The bag can hold up to 500 pounds, not exceeding a volume of 64 cubic feet. So, yeah, that's the interior space, isn't it? Okay. If I'm doing... Yeah, four Probably. feet deep, two feet... I think so. Uh, bag itself weighs 15 pounds, regardless of its contents. Retrieving an item also, from the bag requires... a heavy bag. It is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. not as heavy as the 500 pounds you're putting into it, but... 
No, but it's like holding two gallons of milk. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Uh, but, you know, so four feet deep, two feet in diameter. So, theoretically, if I wanted to use this bag for, uh, like, the death the death projectile that we're trying to make with this, you could hold a lot of stuff. I could yeah. hold a lot of ball bearings or caltrops or something in this bag. Um, if it's overloaded, pierced, or torn, it ruptures and is destroyed, and its contents are scattered in the astral plane. So, it's not going to work if you rupture it, right? Mm. Like, y you'd, have to, you'd have to do something else. For instance, if the bag is turned inside out, its contents spill forth unharmed, but the bag must be put right before it can be used again. So Makes sense. So, we have to figure out a way where I can shoot the bag of holding out, not rupture it, but open it up so that my 500 pounds of death traps release out of it. So that's what the the uh, bag of arrow holding whatever is? As far as it's, I can tell. rigging it so you shoot it and it opens up and spills its contents? Right, like, I, I fire my arrow and we've got projectile now and the bag of holding opens and then let's say, like, there's 500 arrows in there and now they're all fired. <laughs> they're they're all projectile. The question for that would mean, are they just... It says it dumps them out harmlessly, but, like, if you've got 500 pounds worth of arrows in there... Right. Are you... Are they coming out at velocity well the well it says that the contents spill forth unharmed so the contents mm. are unharmed they don't yeah. come out harmlessly like no, they, i mean they, they're not like a little kitty like just coming and patting your face like they they wouldn't be using a bag full of arrows they'd be using a bag full of rabid rats rats will follow angrily and scratch everything in the area oh breathing creatures inside the bag can survive up to a number of minutes equal to 10 Divided by the number of creatures. Oh, maybe not rats. Then 500 rats would be dead. They'd be dead very quickly. Even Schrodinger's cat's gonna have a hard time, <laughs> after which they begin to suffocate. Placing a bag of holding inside an extra-dimensional space created by a handy haversack, portable hole, or similar object instantly destroys both items and opens a gate to the astral plane. We all know this yeah. thing. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't cross the bags, yeah. uh, as we say. But... Okay, so we kind of get the rules of, the, of how we'd have to do this to make it work. We can't destroy the bag. We can't put it in an extra-dimensional space. We have to have the bag open, but have it open mid-flight while it's as a projectile. And I don't even think you have to do this with an arrow. You could do this with a trebuchet. Let's say you do it with, like, a, a, a catapult or a trebuchet and just launch the bag and then figure out a way to open it up and spill forth all of the contents like a rain of arrows down upon here <laughs> or rocks just have rocks just just pebbles that's a total pebble knockdown right there exactly this is we're making total pebble knockdown for reals thoughts on how we could theoretically make this um death some projectile engineering device some kind of engineering thanks device. <laughs> yeah thanks for that um any particular engineering device that you would suggest? Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fucking engineer. Okay. Um, you'd want something on a time delay so that it gets to whatever, or a velocity delay, but that's harder, I think, to manage. Mm. Um, some sort of spring-loaded mechanism, probably. Okay. 
So you crank it up and then you've got like a minute. And so what you do is you take it and you launch it. And then what it does is just like unfolds and then pushes the back through it. Right. Right. So that it just. Yeah. There's yeah. a there there's a there's another possible. Oh no, you couldn't because it weighs so much. I was gonna say maybe if you had a familiar, and you could have the familiar, you know, hold on to the bag and go up, but it's fifteen pounds. Sure, so you could just get a bird. You could get a bird. Ooh, I could summon. I I could summon an animal at that point. There you go. Yeah, something to that effect, and then have them tip the bag out over the. Thing. Hey, here's a question. Can you put a summon sele- uh, like animal into a bag? They don't require breathing, do they? It says breathing creatures inside the bag can survive. Yeah, so if it doesn't breathe, a summoned creature doesn't, I think, need to breathe if they're from the astral plane. I don't think so. That Perfect. I'm I mean, aware. A big enough creature. It doesn't matter if it's alive or dead. A celestial or something creature, or a or an infernal creature. Could I do like infernal bats or something? That would sure, be fun. You could do small fire elementals. Small fire and elementals. Yeah. And then we don't even have to worry about opening the bag. Just let the bag fall and spill the contents out when it falls. That's another. That's another way you could do it. Is just have it uh, weighted on the on the opening, so you drop it and then it just spills open. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a simple. It doesn't necessarily invert that. though. That doesn't necessarily uh, invert, mm. but it would open it like entirely. Sure. So I guess you'd have to have something on the bottom so it lands and then just splays out. Okay. Okay, yeah. I think that would actually be easier. I would think that that would be the easiest solution. Gotta make sure it can't pierce it. Yeah, exactly. You have to make sure that it can't rupture. And you have to be careful about the overloading part of it. Also, if you have summoned creatures, or like celestials or something, how much do they weigh? Like, like imagine a bat. Okay, a bat, if it's actually moving around, doesn't weigh anything. I guess it does I mean, have inherent weight. That's that's not an argument we're going to get into because that's a physics argument. Oh, that uh, I've I've heard before. Also, sixty-four cubic feet. So we're still we're still yeah. taking up mass. So yeah, that's yes. not going to. So it's the what's the argument if a it's like if a bird is in a box and it's flying, does the box still weigh oh, more yeah. from the bird or not? It's like well, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can measure these things. Yeah, this is kind of like where mass or volume might be a better way to actually, uh, you know, determine yeah. these things. That yeah, that's an actual like right thought experiment. I don't know, it's an actual experiment you can do though, probably. So yeah, um, I don't remember what the answer was. I'm pretty sure that conservation of everything means that if there are 15 <laughs> bats in a box, but they're yeah. all flying, the box isn't going to weigh less because they're flying because they're still in the box. Fair enough. I, uh, I like, me personally, if I could, I would put just my flying snakes in there and see if I could, and we could make that happen. Uh, although I don't think I could, uh, realistically do many of them anyway, because, again, they would have to breathe. I think that, uh, probably a catapult, I don't know if the arrow's gonna work. Also, if it's 15 pounds, the arrow's gonna get weighed down pretty quickly. I think you gotta, Yeah. you need something else. You need, you need a catapult. Some kind of a sling, trebuchet, um, ballista, something like that to to launch this out. But if you can do it, there's a lot of projectiles you could probably put in there. Even bol- bolts are pretty small. I could probably put a ton of bolts in there, have them launch into the air. 
Um, the way that the uh, graphic looks is that it's kind of like a fold-over bag. It's not like a, a bag that has a cinch at the top. It's like a, a bag that has a, a fold over the front that latches. So if I unlatch that and put a weight on it, then it should at some point fly open if we were lucky. You just make it a different style bag. You just custom make one. Oh, sure, sure. has a handle, too, so I guess if I, like, strapped the handle on and then pulled it back and then released it, like if it was in a a slingshot. Yeah, there you go. Slingshot it. Slingshot the bag, and then the stuff inside should technically get further away. That's a thought. I just basically want to do an arrow storm that kills everything immediately when I've launched the bag. You can only do it the once until I get the bag back. So there is that. Also, you have to pay for like so many arrows. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of arrows. They don't store that many. You know, sixty-four cubic feet. I think that you could fit quite a few arrows in there. And oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely more than a quiver. So maybe not bag of holding arrow, but a uh, bag of holding trebuchet. Bag of holding slingshot. Bag of holding slingshot. That's that's what we're going with. That has potential. If folks out there think that that's a good idea, let us know. And if you don't think it's a good idea, or that it's ridiculous, also let us know. But you have to provide an answer as to why. <laughs> you have to tell us why it's a bad idea, not just that it's stupid. <laughs> that's the rules. Them's the rules, folks. If um, you have any uh, comments that you'd like to make on our bag of holding slingshot, feel free to leave a comment down below. Alright, so Alex, I think that we have uh, created enough tools of destruction today on the episode. Oh, damn. I know. We we created a slingshot full of arrows, we created uh, mass corporate profits, and we also created an island of warlords. It's, um been a very destructive episode so yeah maybe we should use the bag of arrows to take out our our gene pool yep on the island of ancestors perfect okay this works isn't that just Fortnite? yeah okay uh anyway alex if they wanted to find more information online where could people go you can find more information about our show and what we do over at totalpebbleknockdown.com Feel free to check on our Patreon banner when you are there for early releases of our content. And also make sure to check us out on every podcast app known to mankind. Rate and review and subscribe. It always helps us out. And feel free to check us out on the various social media networks that keep changing their names, so I don't even know what they're called anymore. I am at Satanium. I am at EXP Limited, and our show is at Pebble Knockdown. So you can knock down as many pebbles as you care to. And I hope they rename it to uh, Pebble Media. Pebble Media, and that's good branding for us, and that's what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Any one of them. I I tell you what, folks. uh, Any one of the social media companies, if you want to rebrand to Pebble Media, I'll make sure that we have an account, and we will simp so hard for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's worth it, right? To rebrand for us? Yeah. Thank 100%. you. 100%. Thank you so much for everybody who is listening, and we will catch you on the next episode where we start to get into spooky times. Ooh, spooky.
Alex, uh, how secure do you feel right now uh, in your in your? Uh, no, that doesn't make any sense. No. Nice try. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see how epic layoffs get in the future. I I don't know. <laughs> and that kind of led me to, of all places, uh, Reddit. Reddit. Fortune. No, oh. no, no, no. Thank God, no. Just imagine that. Just a giant bag of flying snakes. Perfect. That's great. You should put one giant snake in there. One giant snake. I will. Little little heads up, though, in case you were wondering. One of my plans for Max was that he was going to eventually learn how to do um, uh, summon animals. And and the animal that I really wanted to summon were, were flying snakes. Oh, so, boy. Because of their challenge rating being like one quarter or one eighth or something you can you can get eight great flying snakes and considering that they do like seven something points of venom damage <laughs> if they fight <laughs> along with their piercing damage and have flyby so that they can get away without uh retaliatory attacks i was like well that's how i kill bosses now <laughs> just flying snakes <laughs> 